the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's always an honor. Today is Friday, June the 26th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on June 26, 1948, the Berlin airlift began in earnest after the Soviet Union had cut off land and water routes to the isolated western sector of Berlin. Today in 1936, Franklin D. Roosevelt was nominated for a second term of office at the Democratic Convention in Philadelphia. Today in 1963, President John F. Kennedy visited West Berlin. He delivered his famous speech there expressing solidarity with the city's residents. He said, I won't try to say it in German, something like I've been in Berliner. He said, I am a Berliner. Today, 1974, supermarket price scanner made its debut. You know how they scan your groceries when you check out or you self-checkout? Well, that debuted in Troy, Ohio. A ten, you know what the first thing that was ever purchased in that manner? It was a 10-pack of Wrigley's Juicy Fruit Chewing Gum. cost 67 cents. It had a uniform product code. On the back of it, UPC. It was scanned by a Marsh supermarket cashier. I know I know you wanted to know that. Now we know. First thing that was ever scanned in a grocery store, or anywhere else for that matter, was Wrigley's Juicy Fruit Chewing Gum. 67 cents for a whole pack of it. 10 pack. It's a lot of chewing for 67 cents. Today, 1977, Elvis Presley performed his last concert at Market Square Arena in Indianapolis. Today, in 1993, President Bill Clinton, he announced the U.S. had launched missiles against Iraqi targets because of compelling evidence, those are his words, that Iraq had plotted to assassinate former President George H.W. Bush. Many felt that President Clinton had launched those missiles to distract the attention of America on some of his personal matters, or I should say personal affairs. Today in 1996, the Supreme Court ordered the Virginia Military Institute to admit women or forego their state support, BMI. I knew a guy or know a guy that graduated from there. It was a big deal to all of those people when that happened. It was a men's academy prior to then. Today in 2013, In deciding its first cases on the issue, the U.S. Supreme Court gave the nation's legally married gay couples equal federal footing with all other married Americans and also cleared the way for same-sex marriages to resume in California. The Supreme Court at times seemed to me to be full of themselves, and and for reason. I mean, they're tenured. They cannot be removed or hardly for any reason, uh, almost. But they said in their robes, 
and they put out these decisions. And I, I, I believe in our system and I believe in the Supreme Court. We've got to have an ultimate court in the land. Otherwise, it just devolves into chaos like it is today. But I, sometimes it, it grieves me to see them ruling on what God has said. And as, as a pastor, as I have said so many times, you know, in marrying couples, a man and a woman, I have tried to emphasize the fact that God created marriage, not government, long before there was the United States of America. God instituted family and marriage. And for thousands of years, we just understood, the world understood, every major religion in the world, regardless of what they believe, believed that marriage was an institution between a man and a woman for the purpose of creating a family, which is the building block, the cornerstone of all society. And the fact that we would even assume that the Supreme Court or any other man can undo what God has done says more about us than anything else. Two men and two women are not married. They may be conjoined in all kinds of ways, but they're not married because marriage is an institution of God. It's not of man. The government shouldn't be even involved in it as far as I'm concerned, but that's just my opinion. Seattle Times put out a a little uh, news update just a few minutes ago. About an hour ago, at 7.55 a.m. this morning. This program originates live at 9 o'clock. I know those of you in Seattle are listening to it at 11.30 to 12 on the station there in in, uh, in Seattle. But this morning at 7.55, the Seattle Times put out, a, put out a, a just a short news brief, and it says, City of Seattle appears ready to remove concrete barriers surrounding CHOP. That's Capitol Hill. They're now calling it the um, what are they what are they calling the the occupy I call it the occupied uh, portion of the city. They're calling it organized protest. But the um, the the little short news brief says it appears Seattle's Department of Transportation is in position. This was at eight o'clock this morning at 12th Avenue and Pike Street on Capitol Hill with trucks and machinery to begin removing the concrete barriers that have defined the edges of Capitol Hill organized uh, protest, or CHOP. City crews were at the protest zone at 6 o'clock this morning, 6 a.m. At least one protester was lying in the street to block a piece of machinery. The um, Seattle DOT spokesperson, Ethan Bergeson, said around 7.45 that he is working to get clarification. He's trying to figure out, I guess, from the department what's going to happen at the CHOP site today. Utopia is being uh, attacked by the city, who has been celebrating them until the last few days when murders started occurring there, as many of us predicted would happen. So by the time... You who listen to this program in Seattle hear this. Probably other events will have developed, and 
throughout the day, this will dominate the local news here in the Northwest, but it will also become it will also become national news because Seattle is being watched by all news organizations. So that's happening as we speak today, and we'll see how that plays out. And as I said, it will dominate the news today. The irony of all of this is that the mayor of Seattle allowed a bunch of far-left radicals to create their own six-block utopia. That That's why all this is happening in the first place. She called it a festival in one news conference and in another. And I know I've said this before, but I'm having a hard time getting past this stupid statement that she made. She called it to the press. It was a national news story. She said it's a summer of love, referring to San Francisco in the 60s. But after just a couple of weeks, what we have learned about all of this is that they want a really different kind of America than any of us have ever known. We immediately learned that they would build walls and barricades around the border, even though they're anti-border, to keep out people they didn't want inside. Those seeking entry would be greeted by armed guards demanding to see their papers. Instead of trained police accountable to the public, arbitrary laws would be enforced by a self-proclaimed warlord running around those six-block square carrying an automatic, semi-automatic rifle in a densely populated area, passing out weapons like that to people who are not even checked. They don't even know the background. They could be a terrorist from Iran, for all they know. They don't know who who they are. But they're passing out these semi-automatic weapons in this densely populated area. Nobody... Nobody would have any protection from killings, assaults, and robbery, but they said, we'll take care of it. That was before three separate shootings have taken place over the last few days. Sexual assaults are becoming rampant there, from the insiders say. So much for hashtag say no. Unwanted sexual aggression has been put aside. Whatever happens, happens. There was no food. They ran out of food, except the food they had in this so-called utopia was what the capitalists gave them, the capitalists that they hate so much. It's not like they're trying to hide what their game is. They're not trying to hide what they want to do. But the last piece of this whole craziness, they set up a, a perimeter inside this chop area to protect black people from the racism of white people within the community, their word, not mine. White people created this special segregated areas where only black people could go. That was in the name of Black Lives Matter. I know it's hard to digest. It's hard to, what do they mean? I don't know for sure. I'm just telling you what they've done. Stephen Kruger with PJ Media, he pointed out, he said, this is not, as many people claim, a failure of the U.S. education system to teach these young people about history, economics, or anything remotely useful. He said, it's actually a triumph of the leftist project to infiltrate schools and indoctrinate a generation of young Americans with hatred of their own nation and its history and culture so that they can be used as an easily controlled mob. Unfortunately... For their would-be masters, the big mistake was in thinking that a group of angry, miseducated, and overly entitled elitist brats 
could be easily controlled. Frankenstein comes to mind. Remember the story of Frankenstein? Tells the story of a gifted scientist. His name was Victor Frankenstein. Thus the name of the book. He succeeds in giving life to this being that he created. He wanted to be God. So he created this being. And he gave life to it some mystic, in some mystic way. However, this is not the perfect specimen that he imagined he would create but rather a hideous creature who is rejected by Victor and all mankind in general. This is the story of Frankenstein. So how does the story of Frankenstein end? <laughs> Much like Chop is ending, apparently, or they're going to attempt to end it. At the end of Frankenstein, Victor Frankenstein dies, wishing he could destroy the monster he created. The monster visits Frankenstein's body, While Frankenstein dies feeling disturbed that the monster is still alive, the monster is reconciled to death, so much so that he intends to commit suicide. What a sad tale. That's where America is today. We have lost our minds. I hear from people constantly that say, I I can't sleep. I'm so worried about this. I'm worried they'll come to my neighborhood. I'm worried that they'll destroy my, my city, my area where I live, and so on. I mean, there is a lot of concern, and I'm hearing it from some who listen to this program, but just in general. I thought I thought of Scripture, how, how important Scripture always is, but how important Scripture is to us today. Jesus said, John 14, Peace, I leave with you, my peace. I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The peace of Jesus Christ passes all understanding. You can't define it. You can't can't explain it, really. But when Christ becomes a resident, in our lives, and he does when we invite him to become our Lord, our Savior. And we say, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you were crucified, that you died for my sins, and you rose from the dead. When we make that confession of faith, there is a transfer, and we do it in good faith with God, believing, confessing with our mouth. There is a transformation that takes place. It's just unexplainable. But it's in that context that this kind of peace comes to our hearts and to all of you who are followers of Jesus Christ, who know him and you know that you know him. Rest in his peace. Because we live in crazy times. There is no other real legitimate... I mean, you can go into some form of denial, I guess, but... There's no real peace outside of that of Jesus Christ. The psalmist had not experienced the Messiah. But he wrote, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. And that is the same truth that Jesus spoke some years later. 
Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I want to talk to you today about this whole matter of racism, Black Lives Matter. And I had to think about it maybe for 30 seconds before I wanted to get into this. But let me talk to you about it. Who are these people anyway? They're storming cities. Now they're showing up in more rural areas, smaller cities, small towns, demanding statues, demanding all kinds of things be torn down. And it's not just in large cities now. It's pretty much everywhere in some form or another. Jack Denton, who has served as president of the Student Senate at Florida State University, he questioned some of the policies of Black Lives Matter. He was quickly removed from his elected office. He just questioned, not not that he didn't think that Black Lives Matter, he just questioned the organization. Cornell University professor William Jacobson, it's in, he teaches in their law school. In fact, he's a, one of the a dean, I think, in the law school. He questioned the motives of some of the Black Lives Matter suggesting the organization is Marxist in nature. And they want to tear down our society. He said that's what I think is their real objective. Now there's a massive move at Cornell University up to boycott all of his classes. And it's working. People who are signed up for classes are withdrawing. Some who are planning to sign up for his classes are not doing so. We need to be informed about this, not misled, because the public and the press will mislead. But if you question the organization of Black Lives Matter, you'll be punished. I mean, it's consistent. Jack Denton was set to graduate from, is set to graduate from Florida State in 2021. He's an outstanding student, served on the University Senate for several years, then was elected president of the Senate until now. Jack is a conservative Catholic. Not like Joe Biden, but a conservative Catholic. He believes the Bible. And because of his beliefs, he was asking a few questions about the organization. Not questioning racial equality, but questioning the organization. He says, as a devout Catholic and a college student, he said, I felt that it was my responsibility to point out some discrepancies, to make sure that my fellow Catholics knew what they were partaking in. He said, all of my Catholic friends who who really are conservative, were out there marching and participating in these protests. And he said, I thought they needed to know what in the world they were supporting. And he got nailed because he even questioned the motives. He explained that the organization's advocacy of these kinds of behavior, he said, is explicitly anti-Catholic things. He spoke to the extreme position of abortion advocacy and their alignment with the ACLU and all that they represent, the closely aligned ally they are of BLM. And Denton has served on the Senate three years this past year as president. When the Senate became aware that he was disagreeing with some of the policies of the organization, they said, away with him, our friend. Some of them had gone to school with him for this would be the fourth year. They removed him. They said, nope, we're not going to have any of that. You're not going to question Black Lives Matter. Cornell University professor William Jacobson, he also questioned the organization. The Cornell Black Law Students Association sent a letter to the law school community calling on students not to take any courses that were taught by the professor because he, quote, engaged in anti-black rhetoric. No, he didn't. He was 
He was simply asking and pointing out what apparently Black Lives Matter stands for. He said they are Marxist in nature, and because of that, he's been boycotted by all the students that would have taken classes, or nearly all of them, at Cornell University. He even had offered to debate them. He said, maybe maybe there's something to be learned. Let's have a debate. So much for open-minded learning, huh? They said, no, we won't debate it. It's not to be debated. It's not to be questioned. So who are these hundreds of thousands of marching, rioting, and destroying the cities of America? Who are these people anyway? Well, Pew Research were, was asking the same question. They ran a, a survey over the last 30 days. They published it yesterday. What they found, I'm just going to give you the, the bottom line on this, but Pew Research Center published this report yesterday, as I said. It, it's over the last 30 days of rioting and marching in America. They found that only one in six protesters are black. About 17% of all the masses of people you see on the streets are black. There's a Pew research. 45% of them are white. 22% of them are Hispanic. And 8% are Asian. Pew says the protesters are overwhelmingly Democrats. That's not surprising. Less than 17% are Republicans. That's surprising. What are 17% of Republicans doing out there in that mess? It doesn't represent anything biblical or conservative, but they're out there. What they found that, and I'm quoting from Pew, protests in Seattle, Portland, Washington, D.C., and New York have been dominated by Antifa members and Black Lives Matter activists. So in other words, they're not, I mean, they travel from place to place. Black lives do matter. What about all this other stuff? Before being ousted as Senate president at Florida State, Jack Denton stressed that his issues are with the organization, not the value of black lives. He said most Christians would agree. And I do. I certainly agree with him. Jesus died for all of of the lives because they matter to the Creator, including those lives in their mother's womb. But that's not a part of this movement. He said, let me make it unequivocally clear that black lives matter, the statement. The sentiment, there's nothing wrong with that, but that was not enough. They got rid of him. Let me give you a quick profile of what they're really about. I've done my research on this, so I'm absolutely right in what I've said because I've taken it from their, either their quotes or from their materials. So this is not my opinion. It's what they are saying about themselves. Black Lives Matter Foundation BLMF was created to radically shift the culture. They've released a shocking manifesto of their beliefs and policy positions. The manifesto clearly shows that positions are deeply political, deeply disturbing. To be properly informed, you've got to take a moment to read it. I wrote an article on this documenting what they believe, what they're really about. It's at faithandfreedom.us. You go there, you'll see the article I wrote today. You can look down and you'll see Manifesto. You can go take a link on that and go right to the Manifesto. It's one page of many pages, but it'll take you there. They're hostile to our American culture and to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just this week, I was talking about the fact that now these activists want to tear down statues of Jesus if they're white. And Mary, his mother. 
I'm sure many of you who are involved, if you're listening, are misinformed. But you're marching with the wrong people to the wrong tune. This is not, it is not about racial equality primarily. It's about a much bigger picture. And people are being grossly misled. The co-founder of Black Lives Matter movement, Patrice Cullors, C-U-L-L-O-R-S, was a protege of communist-supporting domestic terrorist Eric Mann, M-A-N-N. She spent years training in political organizing, absorbing the radical Marxist-Leninist ideology which shaped her worldview. Those are her words. Eric Mann, who mentored Cullors, over a decade in community organizing, was a member of the radical group, militant groups, Students for a de- Democratic Society. I remember these guys from the 60s. I was a youth pastor in the late 60s. And the Weather Underground that was founded by Bill Ayers. Eric Mann was involved with Bill Ayers, still is. And they were well-known for bombing government buildings in the 1960s and 70s. After 9-11... The New York Times asked Bill Ayers, who later became a professor and has been a professor at a Chicago university, he and his wife, as a matter of fact, you can imagine what they're teaching those kids. The New York Times asked him after 9-11, I read the story at the time, he said, how do you feel about this? And he said, it makes me wish I would have bombed more government buildings. Barack Obama launched his political campaign career with a fundraiser in the home of Bill Ayers and his wife. That's a fact. A video from 2015 shows co-founder Cullors, who was, who was mentored by Mann, who is an associate of Bill Ayers and has been for 40, 50, 60 years. This video reveals that she and her fellow Black Lives Matter founders are trained Marxists. She says they they are. We are, she says. She said, and I quote her in this video, and that's part of this article I wrote, the first thing I think is that we actually do have an ideological frame. Myself and Alicia, that's the other co-founder, in particular are trained organizers. We were trained by Marxists. We are super versed on sort of ideological theories. I think that what we really tried to do is to build a movement that could be utilized by many, many different folk. Back in 1969, Harvard Crimson was reporting that a violent group of weathermen had invaded a center there on campus. They'd broken everything, broken windows, and before they left, they broke the phone so nobody could call the police. Eric Mann was the leader of that riot. He is the mentor of the founders of Black Lives Matter. Martha McClellan was interviewing this guy, Newsom is his name, the other night. And she asked him, he's the leader of Black Lives Matter New York. Has a lot of power, a lot of influence. He said, if this country doesn't give us what we want, then we will burn down the system and replace it. All right? I could be speaking figuratively. I could be speaking literally. It's a matter of interpretation. But let's be very real and observe the history of the 1960s. Apparently, he too has been mentored by these same people. Barack Obama never called to burn down the country, but he repeatedly said, I am here to remake America. Joe Biden has said, my presidency will be a transition presidency. Transition? 
to what? Well, we'll continue our conversation on Monday, but thank you for being with me, and thank you so much for your support. We need it. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday.